Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey everybody, I'm Josh Wiggler, and here we are on Mole Patrol. It's Mole Patrol, the Mole Rewatch slash First Watch podcast here on Reality TV for Hap Ups. We are going through each and every episode of Season 1 of The Mole. Me for the first time, but these two friends of mine are parachuting back into The Mole like it was nothing. Old friends revisiting old friends. Uh, we'll start with my good friend Jessica Lease. Jess, how are you doing? Uh, well, I call dibs on getting to ride in the back of the classic car as we arrive into the podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And walking into the desert, it's Brooklyn Zed back for their second ever podcast, let alone second episode of Mole Patrol. Zed, what's up? Hello. Hello. I'm happy to be here. I did not prepare a mode of transportation, but I think motorcycles pretty good. Motorcycles. Cool. It would really suck to be the one who has to, like hitchhike or like, you know, walk through the desert. Yeah. Uh, how did they how did they draft that? Was it totally random or were they like did they film a bunch of different configurations <laughs> and they're like, okay, now now you pretend you're walking in from yeah. LA to the Mojave Desert and now <laughs> okay, you get on the bike and you get the pogo stick and did they film a bunch that got cut? That's mm-hmm. my other question. The pogo stick would be cool. Um uh it's probably we don't have razors yet at this point in time, do we? We have segways, I think. Uh, do we already have segways at this point? And segways like ninety nine ish. That seems likely because uh, Joe Bluth is on the segway, and that's like two thousand three ish. So we're at least at the advent of we're close to the advent of the segway. Yeah. Oh, two thousand one. So okay. I guess we're like slightly pre segway. All right. You you're both already demonstrating that you're cool under pressure with the spoilers because as we know. Um, uh, if you listen to the first podcast and if you didn't listen to the first podcast, this is a great time to remind you that the way that this podcast works is it's a spoiler uh, free trip through the mole because I've never seen it. I don't know anything. And if you at me with spoilers, so help me God, I'm, I'm, I will bring thunder and fury upon your house. Um, but, but Jess, Zed, you both have watched all of the mole and here you are holding it tight to the vest that in season two, all of their travel is by segue. As if I didn't already Google that. Well, there's one episode where they get on old-timey velocipedes, but other than that, yeah, it's all segue. Is that true, Zed? Absolutely, 100%. What, uh, are there velociraptors at any point in the mole? 
That's not tell celebrity mole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the T-Rex showing up in celebrity mole. Okay. So here's the deal. This is mole patrol. We're going through every episode of the first season of the mole. We've got some frequently asked questions to deal with. Jess and Zed, you are both handling the feedback portion of this podcast. This is another safety precaution for me, but I'm not getting spoiled. Uh, the feedback so far that I have seen, uh, what has broken past my very strict uh, Twitter barriers, aka I had to look and see what people were thinking about the launch of the podcast. It seemed like it was a, a good reception. Zed, this is like your first exposure to like, ah, yes, the people adore me. <laughs> yeah, That is correct. And it went straight to my head immediately, yeah. right away. I feel this great about it. This is why Jess and I do this. So. <laughs> imaginary internet points it's the rush it's the <laughs> it's the adrenaline it's like jumping off a plane you don't know you don't know what, what's going to happen you hope your parachute works uh, and so far it seems like we're we're sailing down and we've got uh i don't know about uh 70 70 k in the tank after this or 75 k rather uh but it seems like we've got some people along for the ride both people who have watched the mole before and people who have not watched the mole, this is a friendly podcast for both uh, both of those types of viewers. Because I imagine Zed, uh, you and Jess probably are uh, going to be speaking in some measure of code as to what you know and what I don't. That would be my that would be my bet. A little bit, I would think so. Yeah, yeah we're gonna, we're going to try. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to pay too much attention to that stuff. I'm gonna let those be Easter eggs, little nuggets of gold for the for the old school uh, fans of the mole. If you've got feedback for us, Twitter is away. I'm at Round Howard. Zed is at Hard Rock Hope. Jess is at Haymaker Hattie. But we also have an email address. Uh, and that email address is molepatrol at Rob has a podcast or Rob has a website.com. Molepatrol at Rob has a website.com. Uh, so send your feedback in that way and we will get to it on the show. We're going to recap the first episode of the show uh, in just a little while. Jess, first, I know uh, you we got some frequently asked questions that you figured you would you would handle straight off the bat. Yeah, well, first of all, I want to say that for in all of the podcasts that I have been on from the ground up, like the first episode of us covering a show, this is by far the biggest and most positive reception that we've ever gotten. People are really super excited for this, and that makes me in return even more super excited to be on this journey with you. Also, I wanted to give a shout out to the um, poor melanoma foundation that is sharing the mole patrol hashtag with Ooh. us. Oh no. And I think we better kick them a donation. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, let me, let me give out the name of that organization. Yes, um, absolutely. While we're, while we're here, just so that uh, we can make sure that, we we pay a little tax for stealing some of their hashtag thunder. Oh, a hundred percent. When I had done my first uh, Google of Mole Patrol, uh, what I found was that it was like there was like a Mole Patrol was like something that was done with a product to solve literal actual mole infestations of the aminol, the mole. Uh, I was like, ah, we can be Mole Patrol on a pipe. Now I feel worse about it. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this. Organizations called Stage Free Melanoma, and I'm going to kick in a, a small donation to them to support melanoma research. Um, and they have a mobile dermatology clinic that they call the Mole Patrol. So <laughs> everything on this hashtag is us like crap posting about the mole and 
people preventing cancer. Yeah. Getting the word out about preventing cancer. And then also the odd video in someone's backyard of a literal actual mole creature. Okay, well, I don't think that we're going to be kicking donations to the mole creatures. I think they're on their own, um, is my position on that. They seem to mostly be winning. Um, um, but if the videos are any indication, uh, that would be my guess as well. Um, I, I think, uh, we, we can, we can link to this, uh, to this organization, uh, that is using uh, stage free melanoma. We will, we will keep that the hashtag mole patrol as they have as well. Uh, Jess, I will, I will follow your lead. I will kick them a donation as well. We will link to them in the show notes of not just this podcast, but every podcast moving forward. So hopefully our causes can be at least somewhat aligned as we totally co-op their hashtag if we need a different hashtag uh we can we can uh go with uh i don't know hashtag the mole patrol uh, i didn't check that hashtag let's we find could, out we could find out if we're the only ones uh but i i have also seen the the reception has been has been super positive zed what's your experience been with this is this literally is like the first time this is this uh is yeah new. it's been really great it's I'm really glad to hear other people love this show as much as we do and are excited about a rewatch. Um, some folks are bringing in their friends to watch for the first time along with us, even if they've seen it before. Um, so, Josh, you certainly are not alone in this experience uh, any more than Jess and I are. Um, Shout out to Nick Fishman, who sent us feedback at 3.30 in the morning, the day this podcast <laughs> dropped. It's incredible. Uh, I was awake. Epic. I was out at City Hall, so I saw that email come in in the middle of the night, and I was like, when did, I didn't even know the podcast was out yet, and we'd already yeah. gotten feedback about it, so that was impressive. That tends to be how you know your podcast is up. It's like, yeah. oh, I got like strange early hour feedback. Uh, I guess the podcast must be out. Um, all right. Well, let's get into some of the frequently asked okay. questions, Jeff. Yes. And most of our feedback was overwhelmingly positive. And I am really excited that people are so excited about watching this with us. Uh, but we did get a lot of people had some questions that um, some of them were kind of more for our edification and for the edification of the listeners than um, necessarily actually having a thing they wondered. But one of the most frequently question, asked questions we got was um, along the lines of our, how far and how deep are we going with this? Yes. And to which I want to respond, we are excited and we have momentum. And right now it feels great, but I am only promising that we are covering this season. And when we get to the end of the season, we will reevaluate. Some of these seasons are really hard to find. And some of them, are like for instance season two of the mole is like the holy grail of television it never came out on dvd it's not available for streaming we have heard rumor that the master tapes of this got destroyed in a fire really and yeah so there's a grainy vhs adaptation we will get into this later there was, in the podcast. A, there was a mole at abc like i don't Literally. want this show to succeed and it's it's an iconic season. So if we do get to another season after we're done with this, I would advocate for it to be season two. But with the caveat that we're going to be watching somebody's VHS rip of this on YouTube. And it's 
you see like the little tracking errors at the beginning. So that's where we're going next. But people also wanted to make sure that we were aware that many other countries have aired and in some cases are currently also airing their own versions of the mole. And they said, do you want to watch the one from Australia? Do you want to watch the one from the Netherlands? And sure, maybe someday, but I let's, think let's cool our jets. Let's not jump out of every yeah. airplane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you let's, know, one airplane at a time. Zed, you've watched a lot of the international mole. I right? have not. It's it's on you my list of things oh, to do, but no, I have not. So that's a possible mountain we could climb. Yes, but not for a very long time. Like I haven't even said yet if I like the mole. That's yeah, still that's a, true. a thing of suspense. I haven't even told you what I thought of the episode. Wiggler might be quitting after this episode. You don't even know. I loved it. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that soon enough. Yeah. So that is one question we got a lot of. Uh, That's a, well, when Kevin Mahadeo and I launched Everything is Super, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we promised phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then let's see. And yep. then we did it and we enjoyed it. And we were having fun and we want to keep going. So now we're promising through phase two at the very least. And we will almost certainly be doing. I mean, no, no one was. We're going to do everything that stands through phase three at this point. So if the the ball keeps rolling down the hill and we're all still having a great time, I think, uh, yeah, it seems very likely to keep going. But for now, let's promise season one and that's it. Yeah. And before we've even covered an episode, I think I think we'll say we're doing this season and we'll see. Yes. Yeah. So that's one. um, That's one question we got. Another question that we got a lot of was. How are you watching this and how do I watch along with you? Which I feel like we talked about and I feel like we put the links in the show notes, uh, but we're going to just make sure we put it up top again. Um, we're watching it on YouTube for the most part. We are putting links in the show notes. I'm going to also throw out here that you can get this season on DVD. If you hit up eBay, I think you might even be able to find a used copy for cheap on Amazon. So if that's something, if you still have a DVD player, which many of you may not, um, that might be a higher quality way to get this um, into your eyeballs. But there are lots of ways. And we just told you the main way. Um, the short answer is YouTube. Just search yes. for it. It's there. It's not hard to find. And we, um, we do have those all linked in the show notes. Yes. So you, you open up the podcast. And then you like scroll down a little bit. It's like, ah, links to seasons one through five. I think we have. So, uh, yes. Available, available yep. for your, for your viewing pleasure. We'll remind you just in case. And if you don't want to watch along, ideally the goal here is we will describe it in vivid enough detail, uh, that you could just kind of like re-listen to the mole or well, listen to the mole. Josh, it works for a lot of people with walking dead. Yeah. <laughs> Zed, you never listen to the walking dead stuff. No, I have not. I haven't okay. watched it. I haven't listened to it. I think I watched the first like four or so episodes long, long ago and was pretty bored and wanted the women to do things and the women were not doing things. And yeah. then I gave up. There's a woman that does things now. So, yeah, yeah I think I would have a lot of catching up to do to get to that point from what I've heard. Yes, yeah. correct. That's well, true. Jess and I have a secret podcast in the bank that should help in that regard to be released at some point mm-hmm. in the nebulous future. Uh, but I just do feel like I, I should, while all three of us are here, I should just point out that the walking Zed is right in front of us. So we could have a podcast where we walk you through a show that you've never seen. Yes. Just, just putting a pin in that. I'd rather do that before we proceed into subtitled European <laughs> game shows. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we're going to be mole freaks. 
uh, at the end of this. Yeah, yeah it I, sounds I, like you're close. And I did just watch all four seasons of The Genius in the span of about six weeks, and that is a commitment. So it is. Mm-hmm. It's not an iPhone show. You got to read. Yeah, yeah. Black one. Um, but yeah, the links are in the in the show notes. Check out the show notes. Check out the show notes. Yep. Um, so frequently asked question number three, which we got a surprising amount of, is did you know some other podcast already did a mole rewatch? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that is yes. And frankly, that is the reason I never pitched this to RHAP before, because I knew it was covered in a lot of other places. And there are places where if you want somebody to walk you through the aforementioned international editions, that's out there for you. You can do that. But I think we have a unique spin on it, which I think now is the time to be doing this um, because Zed came to us with all this passion in their heart for the mole. And Josh came to this totally blind. And I come to this as the world's first and largest Anderson Cooper stan. (laughs) We all bring something new to the table that you haven't seen in a podcast before. And I hope that is enough to give this podcast a reason for being. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, rewatch podcasts are uh, there are so many, no matter what the show is, uh, it's very likely that one exists. And if you find one that doesn't um, go for it, that's great. Get get there first. Strike that, you know, that first uh, that get there for the gold rush. Um, But certainly in the survivor space, there are, I think, last count, it was nine thousand seven hundred and thirty survivor podcasts, I think, something like that. Uh, and so like there could be two mole podcasts or three mole podcasts or four mole podcasts Uh, and I know one that has been frequently uh, thrown our way on the Twitter bots I want to give a shout out to Holy Moly a rewatch podcast with with Jackie and they're awesome um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna listen to that until I I feel like it's safe. Um, but I throw full solidarity behind that podcast. Anyone who's doing this, I think the more the merrier. We want to. We're building community, and I I know specifically on the Lost Down the Hatch podcast that we launched a few months after uh, the Storm uh, podcast, which has a spoiler free section and then um, like an interview segment and then does a full spoiler section. And if you listen to the Lost Down the Hatch podcast, you know that that is a very different gear than what Mike Bloom and I do over on that podcast. So hopefully this is a different experience. Uh, two people who are going to be cringing at all of my bad, inaccurate, off-base mole takes, uh, and other people who are also discovering it for, for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. I think, I think there's room for many different types of takes on this show, and it's very fun that we get to kind of join the ranks now. And we give we tip our hat to the people that have come before us, none of whom I've actually listened to. But when we're done with the season, I'll go back and listen to what you guys thought of season one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Keep my takes fresh. Um, and we also we got a question. I don't know the answer to Josh. So maybe you can help us out here or we can get it out to somebody that does know the answer. Is there going to be a mole only podcast feed? Yes, this is a good question. There isn't one that's set up yet. Um, let me look into that as soon as we are done here. And should that podcast feed be birthed into existence, my expectation is that you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash mole patrol. And that will probably take you to the Apple store uh, where our podcast feed will exist. And you will also be able to find our podcast feed wherever else you get your podcasts once the feed is established. Uh, for now, reality TV wrap ups. Subscribe to that feed; you'll get the whole podcast. Uh, but I will speak to the to the to the Anderson Coopers behind the scenes here, uh, who will uh, who will be able to to guide us forward through getting our own feed created. 
Okay. And finally, before we actually get into the episode, I wanted to give one more shout out to all of the people that have written in and said they have been so inspired by this show over the years that they created their own versions of it. Like either things they filmed, um, like Paul Osselson made his own backyard games that he has filmed. Um, Oh, no kidding. Adam Klein hosted a version of the mole um, that you can readily find on YouTube, I guess. And a lot of people just invented games that they played at home with their families and friends. And it does strike me that this is a fun idea for something we could put together in our own backyards at some point in the future. And I love how much it's inspired you. And it's the sort of game. I think that, you know, things like survivor do not lend themselves well to your own, um, your own homegrown backyard versions that you play with your parents. Uh, you yeah, know, you're going to get into a fight with mom and yeah. dad. If you backstab brother, Johnny, I right. The whole thing or, you know, you, you want to generally be able to take a shower and eat. <laughs> yeah. a shower um, where everyone has won the, uh, a survivor where everyone has won the shower reward. Yes, uh, exactly. Let's, let's, right. let's win the shower reward every day. Here it would be built in that you could just be literally in your backyard feasting on a uh, shrimp cocktail and maraschino cherries, and you'd be very at home with the mole. Is that yes. the height of luxury? <laughs> yeah, I think, the, I think, Zed, that the most luxurious meal you can have is shrimp cocktail with a side of maraschino cherries. It's a very red meal. I <laughs> it's a red, it's a red I want meal. something green in there. Um, wasabi? Yeah, or maybe like Andy's mints for dessert. Andy Coops makes mints. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. That's that a very theme like a thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but when I was a kid, I that those little individually wrapped chocolate mints that you get at restaurants. I thought that was the fanciest thing ever. Those are very good. Yeah. They are very yes. good. You They're get good you get one after, but only after you have finished all of your shrimps and maraschino cherries. Right, and the mole might um, withhold it from you. Yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah, you you all have to finish your shrimps and maraschino cherries, or nobody gets an Andy's mint. Um, or God, this you, took a turn. You have we're we're adding to the Andy's mints pile. Uh, we have a collective yes. pot of Andy's mints, that chocolatey, fresh taste that you crave so bad. Yeah, coming back in style. Oh, now now I want those. Were we talk? We're talking about making homemade versions of the mold. Yes, I'm trying yes. to get this back on the rails, but let's, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, that's what we were talking about, and we also had somebody ask us about who done it, which I believe RHAP did cover while it aired. And I think oh, yeah. if you go onto the website and do a search for it, you will find it. Just because the only thing I know, there is exactly one thing I know about who done it, and that is Rob Sestrinino going Lindsay. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's correct. Uh, and that's and, from Who Done It, right? And that was during the time of Survivor Kagiyan, because, I, or at least it maybe it predated Survivor Kagiyan. I think it was like right before it. Yeah, because uh, every time Lindsay of Survivor Kagiyan did anything, Rob would go Lindsay. But no, that's a Kirk Clark classic Who Done It. Uh, yes, so yeah, we've got Who Done It podcasting in the bank. It's in, so, a, it's in a French ATM. You can get all five hundred of those francs out if you find it with the right pin. Yes, indeed. All right, so that's it for that's it for frequently asked question feedback, and okay. hopefully not a regular segment on the show. But if you all keep asking me how do I watch this, I'm going to answer this question at the top of every episode before we get into the recap, and that is your punishment. It's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. Yep. That's a nightmare. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about the mole. Yes, please. Let's talk about 
the mole season one episode one aka the greatest hour of television in the history of human existence zed i just don't understand why you didn't tell me to watch this show sooner I started telling you to watch this show the minute I found out you had not watched this show. So I, I feel like this is your fault that I haven't seen this before somehow. I don't think that's true. Yeah. I think that's an unfair accusation and it very be. mole-like behavior coming from you, oh, Josh. Oh, well, which one of us is the mole is the question. Uh, we're we're going to have to figure that out as we get to the bottom. Um, this was amazing. This very early 2000s, but amazing. Uh, and maybe even kind of amazing for that reason that it, it that it was such a it, it it felt it's one of those things where like the early 2000s doesn't feel like a period piece to us who lived through it but like now it does, like it does kind of look like a period piece but the cell phones they're not they're not right those don't have touch screens um but it it was uh this was this was an utter delight to get through the characters are great the editing is amazing the Con Air rock and roll uh, electric guitar music that you neither of you tipped me off to. Thank you for saving that surprise for me. <laughs> is just unbelievable. This show is great. I think the central question that I had last week was like, is there an alternate universe where the mole is Josh Bigger's favorite show? And the answers, I think, are resounding. Yeah, in a in a alternate universe where Josh Wiggler watched this show, this was Josh Wiggler's favorite show. Yeah, yeah, you know what. I loved 24 and I loved Survivor. Why didn't I love 24 Survivor? Because I didn't watch it. And that's mm-hmm. the only reason. And if I had watched it, I think, I don't know what would have happened in my life. I would have, at the point where I like started getting any kind of foothold in the Survivor world, I think I would have made it my mission to get the mole back. Bring back the mole. Why isn't this here? But it's incredible and I'm really excited. I'm really, really pumped to talk through the entire episode. But I want to get your takes first. Uh, Zed revisiting this. How many times have you watched this? What was this for you like? A hundred? Oh, certainly not that high. But uh, double double dig. We might be close to ten, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard to find for a while, and I was also in school and not watching television for a while. Uh, but probably closing in on somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. What was it like to revisit this time? Because my understanding is since this podcast project has launched you've watched this episode twice well i watched it when we were first discussing how we wanted to structure the podcast i watched a yeah. couple episodes to get a feel for what we thought would work uh and then i watched the episode again today because by now that watch was a couple weeks ago already um yeah. so yeah i've watched it twice in the last couple weeks this first episode um and such a joy to come back to and remember little things that you forget and see Anderson in his leather jacket and <laughs> the bomber jacket. Yeah, oh that my, jacket though. Oh my god. It is so good. Yeah, it's a good time. Andy Coops looks great. He always looks great though. Oh my god, Andy Coops. Frozen in time. Not exactly. <laughs> well, that's such a funny comment, Zed, because I, I you know what when you go back and you watch early Survivor. Like Jeff Probst feels in a lot of meaningful ways like a totally different person, like ener- energetically very different from who he ends up becoming. Like after he like goes out into the desert and sees the demons that he sees and comes back and <laughs> modern day Jeff. Uh, like Anderson Cooper feels like Anderson Cooper, even like in this age of early two thousands, uh, the mole season one. I don't know what year this is. Is this two thousand two? Two thousand filmed in the fall of two thousand. Yeah. 
Okay, wow. Okay, so in the fall of 2000, um, like Anderson Cooper's just Anderson Cooper, I feel like, in a very pleasing way, Jess. Yeah, well, as the, as the program's resident Cooperologist, I can tell you, <laughs> there are kind of three, there's maybe three or four distinct phases of Anderson Cooper. Yeah. You have the early Channel One, like, in the field, sleeves rolled up Anderson Cooper. And then you have the sort of early stage anchor desk Anderson Cooper where he kind of doesn't GAF about anything. And yep. he's very snarky and very funny. And he's sort of kind of the proto version of the Anderson Cooper we have now. But Mole Anderson Cooper is this very strange blend of he wants to be authoritative, but he also seems like a guy you could hang with, which you don't even get that. Like, you'd never get that from Jeff Probst. And you very rarely, like, you almost don't get that with Phil Kogan either. But Anderson is like, he takes great pains. And as we talked last week, he like walks you out to the car with your luggage when you get eliminated and he sits down to dinner with you. And he makes a toast in your honor of like, yeah, one of you is about to be literally executed. We will miss you greatly. Yeah. He's like, I'm not, I'm not like the other dads. I'm a cool dad. (laughs) (laughs) That's Anderson Uh, Cooper. Yeah. I'm here for Anderson Cooper being my new reality TV father. I've been in search of a new one recently. Uh, and I'm I'm here for this. I'm here well, for and this. and he is a father now. So yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, I feel so, like that's long overdue. Yeah, and I will uh, I will I will happily join that family whether whether they like it or not. Frank, <laughs> make sure I'm part. Uh, that will be part of our campaign. Did we have any uh, thoughts from people on how we're going to get on Anderson Cooper's radar? Or is that still in development? I don't have an organized campaign yet, but right, I really organized. feel like as as episodes are released, yes. If um, if people want to take it upon themselves to start adding Anderson, he's a little busy right now. I notice he's not on the social as much and he tends to use Instagram, I think, a little more heavily. But if people want to start letting him know that this is out there, that we are ardent fans and that, you know, arguably without the fan site that I created for him in 1998, he might not have had any of this. Mm-hmm. It's true. I would love it. Yeah, I think I think I think let's just start testing the waters by adding him and letting him know that this is out there and that we would love to talk to him. And then as we proceed, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I, Josh, I don't want to spoil anything at all for you, but I would like you to know that Anderson is not the only person on this program that we would like to talk to. Actually, we'd like to talk to anybody that's been on this program, and we already have some of that in the works. So I'm really excited about that. I sure hope. And by the way, this is the point where we're getting into spoilers for the first episode of the show. So the first episode is now fair game for full spoilers from this point forward. And I would say a few more words, as I often do during these times, just to drag it out. So in case you got a half hour into this (laughs) podcast and you didn't watch the first step of the show, you have to you have to know what you're in. We're going to talk about the episode now. That's the that's the show. 30 minutes into the podcast, we'll talk about the show. (laughs) Um, The search for the mole will resume after a quick word from our sponsors. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now we're back to resume the patrol. I sure hope that you both have a line on manual. I, I have not heard. I I will say he's not one of the people I have heard from yet. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. He's out there. If we can track him down, I'd love to speak to him. I just hope that before all the 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 global pandemic, that Manuel got the trap as much as he wanted. Yeah, me too. It was heartbreaking. I I kind of wanted to I wanted to take on that ten thousand dollars and let him stay. Let him have a night in Paris. Who knows what would have happened? Magic was out there. It's Manual true. is magic. Is Manual Zed the best first boot ever? Whoa. Whoa. Of anything? Well, you are, you are the creator and host of First One Out. Uh, I would have had, <laughs> had a killer podcast with I think Manuel. You are the authority on first boots of television shows. I mean, Manual did the Sonia Christopher thing of like making it very easy to have an audio drama built around them. By singing Frank Sinatra towards the end of this episode. <laughs> like a very haunting rendition of I Did It My Way would have been uh, kicking you into the first episode or the final episode of First One Out the Mole as we revealed that Manuel is the first one out. That's true. In very, very serious foo voice. Um, what a what a heartbreaker! I'm I'm just broken. We have we still have some time to spend with Manuel, so I don't want to I don't want to rush to it. But I, I really was uh, uh, sideswiped by this. I think it's a hard show to predict who's going home. It's true, and part of that, and I think this is something we actually got some great feedback on this. And I think the comment that I want to highlight that uh, it comes from Benji Holder, who said he thinks the wild the wildest thing about this game is that if someone pisses you off, you can't do anything about it. Anything, you can just think yeah. they're the mole, and if you're wrong, you're out. And I think it's hard to craft a narrative around it as compared to something like Survivor, where people are voting for each other and there's conflict between them. And here it's like all of this is based on how well you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. I think that just like the the sussing out of the mole uh, is the engine of the game and the great equalizer of the personalities, too. Uh, like it's, it is a job performance thing. That's what keeps you around. Uh, and uh, I and that's something that actually one of my other favorite reality shows, Top Chef, has in common with this. It's very performance based. Your job here, instead of cooking a delicious dish, is who's the mole? Get close. Don't be the one who's the farthest from the truth. Right. And you will you will say in on any given week um, or manual. We, we I, I want to talk some uh, strategy uh, towards the end of this thing, because now that I've seen an episode, I feel like I'm starting to understand it a little. Um, all right, so the, the episode begins at 7.35 a.m. It's the Mojave Desert, and everybody is, uh, is finding their way, whether it's by tricycle, unicycle, uh, hoverboard, uh, hand glider, yeah. like uh, batwing, like all these different ways to, to journey out into the middle of the Mojave Desert on day one, uh, before day two, of course, which is Paris, uh, because the, time, the timing definitely makes a lot of sense. 
Um, so that they are, they're on their way to the Mojave Desert to this, to meet at this sign, this road sign that says the mole on it. Um, and I appreciate the investment in infrastructure on California's part, <laughs> Zed, that, uh, that clearly, uh, ABC had, uh, had the world eating out of the palm of its hand to not only do that road sign, but like the, at the airport, the like the the flight board has unknown as a destination. Who's uh, some somebody's pockets are a little bit full. Yeah, they got uh, influence. They're creating jobs. Really, yeah. really helping America. They really are. The mole is a feel good show, as far as I'm concerned. That's a job creator. Um, but it's like contrasted with that as everybody's getting to this boiling hot desert, and then uh, Andy Coop's very helpfully breaking down the rules of the game as we're cutting back and forth between. Uh, like this this white nowhere land uh, where Anderson Cooper's just like kind of wandering around. It's like uh, King's Cross, not to reference Harry Potter, but it is sort of like that. It's sort of like that. It's like the neverwhere world in between worlds. Um, J.K. Rowling's the mole. Um, Andy Coops, he's wearing a black turtleneck. He's got a bomber jacket on. He looks absolutely incredible, and he's setting up for us. Ten strangers, 28 days, over 15,000 miles, four countries, two continents, maybe $1 million. Uh, Survivor does do like the dramatic numbers thing better. I got to give a point in Survivor's favor. Yeah, I, I think honorable mention to Phil Kogan, though, because I feel like on the final Amazing Race, Matt, is the best breakdown. Of, oh, like, yeah. The, yeah, I, I think it's better for my money than the 39 days, 16 people, one Survivor. I like the... 24,000 miles, 10 countries, 9 cities, whatever, whatever. If you have to say whatever, whatever, it can't be as iconic. As it certain. says whatever, whatever, because it's different numbers every time, and yeah. he gets them all right, and it's a lot of numbers, and it's more numbers, and more numbers more is better. Numbers. You're not going to find me here defending Daddy Probst over Daddy <laughs> Phil, so let's just, yeah. we'll move on. We'll move on. Honestly, honestly, my, my two reality daddies are... Phil Kogan and Anderson. Not a, not a hill I'll die on anymore. Uh, all right. <laughs> also, I should note the the very first thing you get is the definition of mole, which I love. I uh, felt like I wanted all the alternate definitions too. Yeah, it's in all capitals and bolded mole colon lowercase italicized noun. Stop. A spy <laughs> parentheses a double agent. Stop. <laughs> who establishes a cover stop long before beginning espionage. Uh, I feel like they also needed like a, an emoji of someone twirling a mustache uh, at the end. No, I don't know if that emoji, emoji of the rodent of, of the rodent. Yeah, exactly. Backyard rodent. Uh, yeah. Skin abnormality. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hashtag mole patrol. Yeah. Uh, Chocolate based Mexican sauce. Ooh, mole. Yes, mole. Yeah. Oh, should that be mole patrol? We can change it. I, I do keep throwing an E on the end of patrol when I type it and then having to delete it. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe that's it. our hashtag. Maybe keep it. Just an extra E. Just an extra E for good measure. Um, all right. So they, they lay out the name of the game. And if you didn't already very helpfully walk me through everything to expect. In our most uh, in our in our debut podcast, uh, Uncle Andy would have been able to do it for me. Uh, he he really does lay it out really well. Uh, that there's tasks. Uh, people have uh, tests where they have the ability to add money to the pot. It can grow up to one million dollars. They have quizzes about the mole, and whoever screws up the quiz gets executed and must leave immediately. It's a simple game: observe, expose, and claim the money. Uh, and the winner 
answers the question, who is the mole? And so we get our candidates, 10 people uh, introduced in order of appearance. Uh, Jim, Jim, who's going to have a very big episode uh, here. Uh, got a lot of thoughts about Jim. Afi, who is going to be with Jim during a lot of the Jim shenanigans. Um, Steven, who would be terrible uh, to, to try and like get an immunity idol clue on Survivor, uh, as evidenced by the fact that he tries to get a clue passed off to somebody else, and that works out very poorly later in the episode. Charlie, who is... Uh, he's, he's been trained to blend into the background, so he feels like he's, he's a police investigator, has a, has a hard eye on the mole. Wendy, the artist, and as promised, I've jotted down four points where I thought the show was giving us a clue as to who the mole is. And so I'm not looking at either of you right now. We record this via video chat um, so that you can't give me any tells. Um, but I have this as mole clue number one about Wendy being the mole. Um, Wendy has a mole. <laughs> she is the mole. Well spotted, Yeah, Josh. that's it. You solved it. Sorry, so I think spoilers. It's over. It's I think over. it's done. I think it's done. I think it's done. So that's clue Hi, number folks. one. Pack it up. You're welcome, Mother Mole Podcasts. We're done. <laughs> uh, the next person we meet is uh, Manuel. And indeed, Anderson Cooper does call him Manuel. And I don't think you really hear anyone else call him by name. You hear some of the other contestants call him Manuel. And at one point, I think it's Catherine who calls him Manuel. Mm. But you hear people call him Manuel. He's not hanging around long enough for him to correct the record, if there's a record to correct. Uh, either way, he's so happy to be there. He says, oh my god, this is a dream to be Single here. Tier. That's his first quote. Is, this is like a dream. I'm so happy to be here. I'm and Josh, you got to remember that this was right after Survivor was the only thing that people talked about. Like 54 million people watched the Survivor finale and it was like everybody suddenly wanted to be on a reality show and they didn't care which one it was. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, I get to go and travel and see the world and be on television and it might actually make me famous. And so I think part of the actual palpable excitement from these people is part of that. It's like they are at the height of this wave. Yeah. Emmanuel is just like looking for an adventure and here he is. Tap into the vein of something glorious, Zed, and he's only going to be here for five minutes. Yeah, I think he says when they get to Paris, I can die happy now, or something to uh. that effect of like, that's it. He's happy. He made it. He's gotten to leave the country. He's gotten to walk outside of the hotel as far as we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's about as far Pretty as they big, make man, it. Well. <laughs> uh, it's not okay. Anyway, so we meet him, then we meet uh, Kate, who is also sometimes referred to as Kathleen. Is that right? When they're referring to a Kathleen, they're referring to Kate? Yeah, that's her full name is Kathleen. Okay, got it, got it, guys. Because I saw Kathleen and I was like, wait, there's Kathleen, there's Catherine. I'm having trouble tracking this at, at the start. So I just want to make sure that she's the one who's going to uh, arm wrestle somebody in the first thing that we see from her. I have in my notes, at the time I have a lot of like guttural noises in my notes that uh, in my brain as I was transposing them, like, it sounded exactly like the guttural noises as they were happening, but now that I'm a few hours removed from watching the episode, I have ooh-ah uh, as far as Kate's arm wrestling that you see her in on the bus uh, written out like a very classic Al Pacino ooh-ah! Uh, <laughs> and I don't think that's what it was. 
I'm pretty sure. So I, I couldn't tell you what that is. I'm sorry. So that's what I had it as. Then we meet Catherine, uh, and she seems like she's in some kind of a fight. Uh, we don't know what the fight's about. That's a tease. Uh, we see Jennifer, the jock, former snowboard champion, uh, captain of sports. Uh, she says, this is not like playing sports. And then Henry with uh, the, the great stinger at the end. Uh, Am I the mole? <laughs> and don't worry, we're going to see that a lot. Yeah, I think it was a uh, John. Was it John Krause who suggested we, yes. we have a, a count, a running count of that clip? I believe we are at two and counting. It's fantastic. It's just terrific. Am I the bull? <laughs> uh, it felt a little too on the nose, so I don't have him as a sus- suspect for that reason, at least. Uh, so we'll we'll keep going. But it's a great introduction of everybody. I feel like they really clearly articulate who everybody is, uh, and I like that it's just ten people. That's a lot. You know, a lot. A lot of the time, these shows are stuff like even sixteen people on your first watch. It can be a lot to track. Ten people, sweet spot, perfect amount. Um, all right, so two helicopters come in. Andy Coops is on one of them. Uh, and he comes out. He's wearing a different jacket when he shows up. I think my friend Harrison has this jacket. Like a very Harrison Goldstein. Got a lot of pockets. There's a red lining. Uh, and he's saying, all right, we're starting. It's happening. Got something to do. First task. And the first task is to get on a helicopter and skydive. Uh, and if everybody jumps, they're going to earn $75,000. Have either of you skydived before? God, no. I have not. And I think about this kind of thing anytime I'm watching the mole and watching the mole, watching the amazing race. And inevitably, there's some sort of jump off this really high thing task. Uh, Because I am not afraid of heights, but I don't love falling. Um, Mm -hmm. I do flying trapeze, so I am comfortable jumping off of things, but I'm usually hanging on to a thing. And I've told myself that I could, if I could hold something, even if it's not attached to anything, maybe I'd be okay jumping. But, but skydiving is it's really high. It's really high. Yeah. And I'll be honest, when people ask me, yeah. and I get this a lot, like, what do I do to prepare to, if I think I'm going to be on The Amazing Race, what should I do? And on that list is go do this. Do this exact thing. Jump out of a plane. This is the kind of the super, this is the scariest thing they're going to make yeah. you do. So just get that one out of the way and the rest should be okay. Uh, my brother has a very significant lifelong fear of heights. And I've never done anything like this. And I'm definitely the more, <laughs> spades a picture, I'm definitely the more outdoorsy, adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> Look on Jessica Lisa's face, everybody. Josh is wearing a white shirt right now and his face is the same color as the shirt. <laughs> much i'm very white um yeah uh but he has hopped out of uh he's done skydiving a few times as like a like an adrenaline con- confrontation of his fear and it's work um wow I'm, i don't think no i don't think emily fox and i are doing that anytime soon certainly well, not, not going on soon. tv anytime soon so. certainly not but i don't i don't think even for funsies it's not really on my list. If if $75,000 for the group is at stake, I think you got to do it. If you signed on for the mole, you have to do this. Um, even if it's just by tying a red bandana on your face and having somebody push you off a plane. By the way, that sounds like an awful way to do this. That's what Manuel wants to do. He's like, I'll have someone tie a bandana on my face. They can just push me off. <laughs> no, that's horrible. Don't, don't you want to do at least be in control of your destiny a little bit? You don't want to be pushed off a plane blindfolded. That definitely feels worse. It, it definitely does. 
you you do see when they're when they're doing this though that it, the person that they're tandem skydiving with really just like walks them forward until they are uh, <laughs> yeah until you really until don't have nothing control. to walk on anymore. You know, I, I was thinking about that and how it's sort of like walking the plank, except like if the person who's being forced to walk the plank is like pretty excited to be eaten by sharks. It's like, oh yeah, sure, this is good. Because uh, the person just literally just like marches uh, the person right off of the uh, right off the, the plank and, and down into the sky below. Should note that everybody's wearing these orange jumpsuits and there's the wailing electric guitar. And it's like, cool, Armageddon. Uh, this is definitely a throwback. Uh, so everybody is jumping. I can't imagine what it would have been like to have been the camera person um, filming this. Uh, who's like right at the like the lip of the plane? Um, like that, I would that would that makes me nauseous. That uh, it's like just standing there and having to film all this. But everyone's jumping. It takes a, it, it, not everybody jumps as as quickly as everybody. There's some drama here. Uh, Jim gets there first. Wendy's next. Catherine's third. Kate's fourth. Everyone's really nervous about Manuel. Um, and this was uh, mole clue number two that I jotted down. Um, is when he when you cut to the plane and Manuel's talking to himself. Um, and he says, uh, you can't hear what he's saying. And I, I wrote down that he's saying, I am the mole. I am the mole. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like any mole worth their salt at this point, Josh, would have to jump because it's the very first task. And if you single handedly screw up the very first task, you are obviously the mole and the rest of the game is going to be pretty boring. Unless Zed is the point to be so obvious that it's uh, that it's a faint. That's a ruse. Yeah, it's like how much mental gymnastics do you want to play, right? Mm-hmm. Not unlike in Survivor, if you say you have an idol, it's obvious you have an idol. I'm going to play this idol. Then do you play the idol? Yeah. If I am the mole and I just keep saying I'm the mole, eventually you're going to stop believing I'm the mole because I would never be this obvious. The right? mole would never say I'm the mole, I'm the mole, I'm the mole. So, yeah, oh, it's a good idea. Uh, but Manuel does it and he's like, oh, my God. This is incredible. I just jumped off a plane. This is the best. If I walk away from this experience now, it was worth it. And he's well, from California, so he's probably the closest to home at this point still. Yeah. He's seen it like he's never seen it before. Uh, everybody else jumps, but there's this moment of tension where there's no sign of Charlie, uh, the, the, the police officer, the NYPD detective, uh, or Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer is missing as well. Turns out that they just like missed the mark or they jumped late. Is that what, what's happened? They jumped because there was there like a weather disturbance. I, I didn't quite understand what the explanation was for why you know, they, they you felt can't, off the mark. You can't really control exactly where you land, I think, when you skydive. So it was more like they just kind of got blown off course a little bit. But I do want to point out that at the end of the episode, they put a disclaimer up saying that they messed with the order. Yeah. Um, for drama. They, yeah, yeah. I, I wrote this down. It's in all caps. Uh, for dramatic purposes, the order, stop, of the players skydiving, stop, has been changed, stop. <laughs> for time, gameplay, stop, has been edited, and stop, one test segment was eliminated, stop. None of these affected, stop, the outcome. That's it. Um, that's so upfront. What an honest show. They're pretty transparent about those sorts of things throughout the season. Later on, there will be some uh, challenges where they say we had to rerun this because of technical difficulties or we had to add time to this task for whatever reason. 
um, blah, blah, blah. This didn't affect the gameplay. Um, So, yeah, they're pretty upfront about what's going on. Um, We get some narration from Jim, who is weighing in on uh, Charlie and Jennifer uh, that they that they made it, that everybody made it. Jim thinks it's too early to screw this one up. Following basically your point, Jess, like the mole would be an idiot to do something so obvious as to reveal who they are at this point in time. Um, all right, so everyone jumped off. Hooray! $75,000 in the bank. Um, let's go fly away. Let's get back on an airplane after all of that. Uh, and they're going to go to LAX and they are flying to unknown is what is uh, written on the flight board. Uh, unknown, as it turns out, is Paris. And we see them uh, in Paris on what is labeled Day 2. I suppose that is another thing that has probably changed, uh, been changed for dramatic effect. Unless they really just, like, they got off the plane in Paris and just got right to it. Well, sure. They landed. Okay, so they're in California. They skydove. In the morning. On, like, yeah, on Monday morning. And then Monday night, they get on a flight and Tuesday morning, they're in Paris. That that totally tracks to me. So day two is just like like night one, day two is exhaustive travel. Yeah. Overnight flight. When we get to day two, it's really night two. And so they've probably been traveling for like, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of 15 to 20 hours. To get from L.A. to Paris. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a haul. That's a schlep. As we say. Uh, yeah, because New York to Paris is like eight hours. Yeah, about. And, and it's, it's like another six like hours six. across the country. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What What's the layover like? Mm-hmm. You know. So we don't know. Um, I I have in my notes. I'm so glad they didn't have to parachute out of this plane uh, on their way to Paris. Um, but they basically just like parachute into Paris and then they're out, right? Uh, yep. Andy Coops goes to a fancy restaurant with everyone where they're eating shrimp cocktail and maraschino cherries. Uh, and he says, good news, you're in Paris. Bad news, you're in Paris for now and then never again. Uh, you have to leave immediately. Yeah, and you're uh, not allowed to come back ever. Right. You can't. This is also by signing two hours and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. You've signed your rights away to your life and you can never travel to Paris again. Um, and they have this decision to make of like, you can all go out and hang out and, uh, you know, Pour one on, tie one on. You pour one on? You tie one on? I think you tie one on. Yes. You tie one on, you pour one out. You pour one but out. Pouring one out is sad. Yeah. Tying one on is happy. Yeah, we're going to pour one out later on in the episode. So we tie, go tie one on, have a great time, but you got to be back by midnight and you all have to stick together or else you're losing $10,000. So how often does this happen, Zed, that they like throw tests at them where like they now have like not even like the, the possible ad benefit of, um, putting money into the pot, but just like something that could outright take money from the pot. Uh, it happens occasionally. You'll see it later on in this episode with uh, the second test where they're allowed to talk. But they can't talk about what they saw on the screen and then they're penalized for that. Um, so it'll happen on occasion, but I don't think there's really anything else quite like this where it's like you can go just have fun, but you might lose money just because you're out having fun. And I have to say, personally, this is a nightmare to me. The idea of trying to make a decision with a group of 10 strangers in a confined amount of time when you're supposed to be having a good time, but you're a place you've never been before with people you just met. I I would not have been. I love Paris. I love going out and exploring new places. This is not remotely the way I would want to do that, because as you can see, it's impossible to make a decision 
it's unclear that they get more than a couple blocks from this hotel before they kind of give up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reality TV production reality is that, like, they, as we just sussed out, they probably just got off the plane, just went out to dinner. Now you're going to go out and you have to leave tomorrow. I think, like, every bone in my body would be like, cool, hotel night? And, like, pass out at 930? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, let's, let's, watch some, let's watch some French game shows and go to sleep. Yeah, watch French TV and call it. Um, but everybody's going to go out. They're going to go out for a little while. Manuel loves it. Oh, and he is looking fly. He's looking so good. He looks great. Uh, Andy Coops goes out with them. I just am trying to like put myself into this crew that's just like so casually hanging out with Anderson Cooper. Let's be honest. If Anderson Cooper had been there for the whole thing and he's like, I'm going to go out with you, I probably would be pushing harder to be out. Yeah. It's like, I want to hang out with Anderson, but he's like, okay, peace. And then they have to figure it out for themselves. And it's like, that's less of a draw to be honest. And now it's 1115 and Anderson's been standing in front of the hotel the whole time. And he can see them from where he's standing. (laughs) So he walks over and he says, okay, so you've made a lot of progress. You now have less than an hour. Let's consider what we're doing here. Manuel wants to stay. He's like, guys, this is mesmerizing. Who cares about the 10 grand? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Let's go hang out. And no one else is like, Manuel, uh, I don't know about that. This is just Paris. And we're tired. And we're jet lagged. And it's $10,000. And as much as I love Manuel, I think the group is making the right call here. But I, I am in love with Manuel's instinct and they that spirit are, of adventure. They are making the right call. But I think it's also people are more careful at the beginning because. They don't want to be the first people to have money taken out of the pot. And they don't know, like, they know there's up to a million dollars at stake, but they don't know how often money's going to come out, what they, what might happen to make money come out. And so it's like the very first time they say money's going to come out of the pot. I think people are a lot more afraid of that. And later on, as you see, they kind of loosen up and they don't care as much. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Jennifer thinks Manuel might be the mole uh, or pretending to be the mole that he's pretending to sabotage. Um, yeah, well, I guess one thing we know for sure after this episode is Manuel's not the mole. He doesn't have that much guile. Yeah, uh, unless there's like a redemption island for moles that you haven't told me about. Fortunately, God. not. If you've mm-hmm. suckered me into watching a show <laughs> with a loser's brat, I'll never forget that. You that has that has not happened. Okay, everyone's shaking their head. Good. Uh, all right, so uh, Paris, 7 a.m. Um, this is what's labeled as day two. Uh, so I do think that there's a little bit of wonkiness. But let's not go there. Uh, Jim has his fake teeth. He's got his fake teeth, and you warned me about this. This is weird. <laughs> Super weird. Where's fake teeth? It is just like, wow, look at that tower. Like, why are you doing that, man? What is this? Um, Jim is... Given like a Richard Hatch confessional, I feel like this feels like a money quote where he is saying, um, uh, my strategy is to, to is to diverge folks' suspicion from where my suspicion lies. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win. Uh, Jim has a lot of quotes that have me very suspicious. Like he's either going to he's either going to do really, really well here or he's the mole, but he seems too shifty. Be the mole. This is my thought process at this point. I'm still not looking at either of you. Uh, no, no gauging of response. 
Um, Charlie says, uh, the only person I've ruled out is me. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a great dad joke. How many more does Charlie have? A lot. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so they're going to Dragon Yawn, which I know is how it's pronounced because I wrote it out as Dragon Yawn. Like what I'd be doing if this show was bad. But I'm not. I'm what I did away. through season seven of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was wide awake. Not by, not by choice. Uh, well, I guess technically by choice. Oh, tiniest violin. Range of cast beer on it. Um, you can always walk away, Josh. No, it's too late. I'm, in, I'm too deep. They have to push me out at this point. You which, win, you die, or you just stop watching. They could do. They could push me out. Um, so, one, so they're going to this chateau in Dragonyon. Uh, and one van is well on its way while two vans are detained. Uh, one that has people in it and the other that has all of the luggage. Um, and man, if this isn't some shenanigan. Uh, <laughs> I, I have this written down too in some all caps ranting. Is this not some bullshit? Uh, <laughs> I do have. Uh, you know, if I was a bellman and I complained that somebody had too much luggage, I would get freaking fired. Yeah. This is not a thing. Your uh-huh. job is to move the luggage. Do your job. Um, Zed, Andy Coops is like the most wonderful human being as with a straight face. He's like, okay, so here's the deal. We've been detained uh, and they're saying we have too much luggage. And very seriously, uh, you are now all responsible for uh, going through everyone's belongings and putting them into these bags that are mole branded. Yes. But that's a coincidence. Yes. That's a coincidence. Uh, just the, the the way in which he's so measured about the hokiness yeah. of the show. And never mind that we'll never be back at this hotel, so who cares what that bellman thought, in quotes, because this bellman yeah. definitely said this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, such a hilarious, earnest excuse for this game mechanic to be put into place. What a, a great commentary on, uh, like, uh, the cowboy Americans attitude towards the snooty French, right? Of like, oh, they they're too they're too snooty to even put all of my luggage away. Like this feels a little dated. Uh this this whole thing with the luggage. But it's very good for drama. Um because it's a good exercise, yes. So it's it's Catherine, Charlie, Henry, and Jennifer who are tasked with being um on repacking duty. Correct? That's, I think that's sounds right. I think that's yeah. the, that's the crew that I wrote out, and that's where I've got mole clue number three. And this one is on a more serious bent, and that's not a setup for a joke. I'm serious this time. I actually didn't note this uh, that Jennifer and Charlie were the two that uh, were last to come off the plane, and here they are at the nexus of these shenanigans. So I do have a dot 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 hmm here. Uh, okay, Bryce. Just 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 just, uh, just putting that in there. Just to see. So I have that standing out. It's the only one that actually works. I actually did think that uh, Manuel was whispering something that was going to, uh, you know, be flipped over at the end. But alas. Um, All right. So they're going to repack stuff. Charlie packs literally one shoe for Steven, his fellow police officer. That's what we like. Why? Look, you all know, or if you don't, you're about to, that I'm a man who loves one sock on, one sock (laughs) off. Yeah, but that's a sock. That's not a shoe. I do not advocate for one shoe on, one shoe off. That's taking yeah, it too far. Literally, nobody does that. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. Not a thing to do. 
Um, there's a hidden camera. A lot of hidden camera hijinks. Are they able to get away with this as well in future seasons of the show? Now that they they will know that the that the mole is a thing and they have hidden camera. There's like two instances of hidden camera hijinks in this episode. One when they're in the van here and a fight breaks out between Henry and everybody. Like, <laughs> Nobody tell anyone who packed what. I swear. And it's about nothing because I don't think nothing. anybody fundamentally disagrees with right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine this is a trick that they play too often, or maybe you just get so absorbed into the reality of the, uh, well, Josh, it's not just a mole thing. I think it's a reality TV thing globally. I think in this, in this point in time, you don't necessarily assume you're on camera all the time. If you don't see a camera, all right, I'm not on camera two years from now. Anybody that's on a show is going to assume they're on camera all the time. Yeah, it's true. But at this point, they just. They think that like they have a few moments. Of yeah, if they can't see the camera, as as just uh, just said, yeah. then there is no camera. Ah, uh, to be young. Uh, so so that's happening. Then uh, at eight eighteen p.m. at the chateau, uh, everyone's like, "Where's everybody?" And an hour later, Andy Coop shows up. He's like, "Hey, great news! Uh, we've got the luggage, but we did have a little bit of a hang up." And everyone's yeah, good like, news. Everyone's getting your own duffel bag with your name on it and a mole logo, and you get to keep that after the show. Good news. Swag. <laughs> Bad news. We stole half of your shit. At least. <laughs> and much like you can never go back to Paris, you're never getting any of this back. Putting it up for auction on eBay. Yep. So sorry, <laughs> Stephen's other shoe. Wendy thinks Charlie might be the mole because he was bad at packing. Or because he was lazy with packing. Um, I don't know if that's molish behavior. I feel like the mole is going to work very, very hard. Unless the mole is so good at being a mole that it just like comes so easily that they can kind of just laze their way through the mole, being the mole. But I, don't know I feel that. like if I was the mole, I would just do, I would just be my normal self and play the game and I'd probably F up on my own. Yeah, I think so too. I think that, that makes sense. That's how I would play. Um, so that's what Wendy thinks of Charlie. Lots of tension with Wendy and Charlie. Very tense relationship between these two. Well, it's such a condescending thing he says to her. He's like, I think you're the mole because you're so damn cute. Cancel. You. Yeah. That's Ew. not good. No. That's bad. That's bad. Not great. Yeah. Not um, good. Day three, we're at Chateau de Field de Burn. Uh, <laughs> and Andy Coops, he says, We've got a second task on the table, folks. It's 50K at stake right now. 50K task. Everyone's really pumped about that. And part one of the task is you have 15 minutes to stare at these monitors with information about everybody. And the information is everybody's name, their age, their height, their shoe size, the amount of times their heart's been broken. That's the birth state, high school class, and how many siblings they have. Amount of times your heart's been broken is such a like specifically personal detail in the midst of One of these that. things is not like the others. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's the only one on the board that they're not going to use to steal your identity. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Like that's that's the only one that wouldn't be like the basis of how you uh, like uh, have a backup question. Security question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie's heart has never been broken. Have Neither you live on the planet Earth? You were Kate and Charlie's hearts have never been broken. I don't know well, if you're the moles, but I don't trust anyone whose heart's never been broken. How many times has your heart been broken, Josh? Every damn day. 
How many days have I been alive, Jess? <laughs> you couldn't get the pin number with uh, too many, too many digits, digits for yeah. a pin number. <laughs> yeah, it'd be bad. Um, yeah, I could, I couldn't believe that. What an arrogant thing! Never, never happened. I'm, I'm, I'm invincible to heartbreak. Uh, okay, I, I'm gonna make the. I mean, I gotta make the obvious joke, Josh. This was before. The lost finale. Mm-hmm. It's true. So you're saying everyone's the, number has gone up since everybody then. Number, everybody's number went up by one. Oh, I thought the joke was that these people wouldn't uh, move on. Um, because you gotta find your constant. Yes. I don't process uh, disses or slights where it's lost anymore. I know you don't, but they're, I had to make it anyway. They are like, it's my uh, job. They are, they're camouflage. I, I don't see it. It blends in too much. Um, that's really the odd detail here. Everything else is pretty normal. I can't, my mind doesn't process how tall you are in inches to feet. As an American, I don't know what any of that is. Um, some of you have a lot of inches and some of you don't. That's what I see here. Fair. Some of you are in the 70s, some of you in the early 60s. I don't know if that means you're really tall or short. That's it. Big numbers mean tall, little numbers That's mean That's what short. I gathered. I gathered that much. I gathered that much. Good. Manuel's one of 11 siblings, by the yeah. way. Yeah. I can't believe we missed the family visit with Manuel. Uh, there is a family visit, right? No spoilers? No spoilers. Okay. Gotta shut that down. Uh, family visit mole Twitter right now going, yes! <laughs> Can't wait for that episode. It's going to be so great. Uh, Alright, so they have to select the two people who have the best memory uh, to continue on in the challenge. Everybody unanimously selects Catherine and Afi. Uh, and their goal is, so there is a, here's an ATM card. Andy Coop slyly passes it across the table. There is a, it's an ATM card for a French bank account with 500 francs. Uh, Find Find the ATM uh, in France. The question is uh, legs or francs, by the way. Um, Find find the ATM machine that accepts the card, figure out the pin code, and I love this line, and withdraw 500 French francs. None of those English francs. Keep those English francs in the account. Don't want any of the German francs. Just the French ones. Uh, if you do this on, in under two hours, that's great. You did it. You get $50,000. Um, if you don't, then you lose. You can bring people in to help you, but each person uh, costs time, 15 minutes. Uh, cool challenge. This is great. Uh, math, obviously, wouldn't, don't put me in there. <laughs> Keep me out of this. If you, we want that money, keep me out. The math was scared out of me at a, at a very young age. Um, the, they have to like solve these 10 equations with the personal info, and the sum is the PIN code. Um, but it like this actually like leads to I think like a pretty tense sequence that feels to me as somebody who's not a, a, a prolific uh, you know ingester of reality television is mostly a Survivor guy then Top Chef and those are basically my points of reference uh, some Amazing Race um, that this feels like this feels like a really cool tense cerebral challenge is this sort of the challenge style of of the mole is this is this representative of kind of where we go. With the rest of the show? Fairly often, I would say so. There is a, an intellectual element to it. Um, I mean, you certainly get more, the occasional more physical thing, like jump out of a plane. Um, 
or you're going to be running through this village looking for this thing. Um, but there tends to be a puzzle aspect to most of the challenges that I think you could see as a more mental task. Yeah. It's cool. I liked it. It definitely felt, you know, leaning into the espionage idea. Um, that's that's very clearly present throughout the show with all of, like the mystery music and everything. It's it's just really great. Uh, the fact that like the challenge is go to a whiteboard and do math, and yet they somehow made it compelling because I think that they're cut. You know, they're doing a good job of like cutting to the other room where everybody's sort of batting back and forth where everybody stands. Uh, and I I thought that that was really interestingly done. We are getting this uh, contentious Charlie Wendy relationship. Uh, you do a good job blending into the woodwork, as cute as you are. Hey, hey, stop it, Charlie. It's not good. Um, no. Wendy thinks there's a reason Charlie keeps coming. So this is uh, she's gonna say later on, like I think you're the mole because uh, you keep trying to drag me. So the Charlie Wendy rivalry, it's alive and well. Uh, here we are. Um, both Afi and Catherine are landing at two two three nine as the pin code. They both got it. They're both good at math. And remembering things. And remembering they looked at information things. about 10 people for 15 minutes. It's crazy. That's a lot. It's very good. And I think that they had like a backup pin code, which was 2240. Because like, what if they were off on somebody's graduating year yeah. by one year? That is how locked in they were. There are so many variables. It's really incredible. It is impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive start. Um, they're going to recruit Jim as a navigator. They're going to buy 15 minutes to have Jim take, uh, take Afi through town to locate the ATM machine because he speaks French. Yeah. So he speaks French. Um, apparently he's bullshit at navigating. Uh, yeah, good at French, bad at navigating. <laughs> they, get, they get very, very lost, Jim and Afi, along the way. Uh, but not that lost. The show, I think, makes you think that they're a lot more lost than they end up being. Um, it feels like they don't lose a ton of time because ultimately they are going to uh, get the, the pin code um, and they're going to get to the ATM machine. They're going to get it right. And I think they've got like an hour almost. They have like 50 spare. something minutes left, even having essentially sold those 15 minutes to be able to take Jim. So they really accomplished this whole thing in. 45-ish, a little more minutes. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, and that lends credence to the idea, like, there's some talk about this, that if one of them is the mole, they um, really had an easy opportunity to screw this up. But then I'm kind of thinking, well, did they? Did they really? Because if they were able to do this in half the time they were allotted, you would have really had to screw it up very badly. I think this would be a hard one to sabotage if Jim or Afi is the mole. I think with how quickly they were able to get there. I do have this as my fourth thing on the board, though. That Catherine says an easy way to screw this up would be to just like input a bunch of numbers in and get it wrong. I have here, ah, she's thinking out what she would do if she were out there right now. She's plotting her future molish behavior because she's the So I have Catherine as a suspect on my board right now. Uh, looking at you, Catherine. But they figure it out. They get it on the first shot. Uh, so there's not a lot of drama there. Where the drama comes in is freaking Jim wants to start a hostage situation. He's breaking Jim's, the game already. Jim's gone nuts. 
It's like, what are we, what, what are we, what are we doing? Why aren't we taking this money hostage? It will be exempt from the quiz, and no one gets the money unless everyone agrees that we don't have to do it. Like, whoa! And this is this is like Boston Rob stuff. This is like Boston Rob on the Amazing Race, paying the bus driver not to open the front door. Yeah. yeah. This is this is cool that this level of emergent strategy is already popping up in episode one. This yeah, was this was great. Like as a mood piece, character piece, all of that stuff. Uh, as a food show with the shrimp cocktail and the maraschino cherries, this this premiere was already firing on all cylinders for me. But this was the moment where it's like, oh, this is going to be a really cool ride. That there are these ways in which because the game is new, and I think because the game by design is more suspicious than Survivor was at the start. Because Survivor at the start is more about building a society and just being the last one there. And like the people who got like wise to the fact that this is like a math game and you just want to be on the right side of the numbers. And that is the dominant strategy for the first few seasons of the show. Um, that takes a while, but this is a game that I think is built in engendered paranoia from the jump. Uh, built in mistrust of people from the jump, built in as a strategy, draw attention to yourself if you're not the mole, even potentially. Seems like a really good idea if like you if you do want to like start weeding some people out. Uh and I wonder, and this could be something that comes up in a future episode, could somebody like share that of like, I'm just acting up a fool as the mole because I want Charlie to be throwing his answers towards me, but it's not me, I swear. Catherine like it's not me like I think like there there are moves like that, that can be made um, so seeing him make this call of uh, we're going to avoid execution by holding the money hostage is great almost as great as Anderson Cooper hearing that this was a thing that was developing out there on the streets and Anderson being the paladin that he is getting on the phone saying so let me get this straight <laughs> trying to screw up your t- your teammates for exemption is was this you or Jim? And I was like, that's obviously not my call. Obviously not me. Uh, not I. Not this I. This is clearly not. Yeah, me. It was, yeah, not I. And Andy Coops with uh, maybe the line of the episode for me is, I think you should return to the chateau. <laughs> okay, Dad. Big rich dad energy. Yeah. Really big yeah. rich dad energy. Really, really fun. And then Anderson Cooper scolds Jim in front of everybody when everybody gets back. So uh you guys got the money. Um there were some problems though, weren't there, Jim? Jim's like I don't see a problem. <laughs> I didn't do it. Be cool, Dad. Just uh, be cool. Uh, <laughs> why? Hi, Dad. Hate the, don't hate the player. Hate the game. I'm just trying my hardest here. I do think that's interesting, Charlie, though. I so wonder if because Survivor is we're creating our society and we're creating the rules that we're going to play by, which is sort of true and sort of not. Uh, if if I don't know if there was any influence in Jim's decision of how much can we structure the way that this game is played. If you don't ask, you're not going to get it. So I can ask and probably that won't cause any punishment, which is not necessarily always true. You can do things in this game that costs you. Uh, totally. But it is interesting that he's like, I don't know. I have this power right now. Let me see if I can use that to create the situation that I want. It's Jenga strategy, right? Like it's you're you're like poking at a piece to see, is it loose? Is it loose enough that I can safely take it out? 
okay, this one feels like it's a little bit of a risk, but let's start pushing it and let's see. And Anderson Cooper becomes like the the literal gravitational force of like, yeah, don't pull this. Back. Can't, can't do yeah. that whole thing. Or stop touching them because <laughs> as soon as you touch one, that's the one you have to take. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I loved that. I thought all of that was great. Uh, they go to dinner and um, uh, oh no, before they go to dinner, there's a penalty. This is the other hidden yes. camera hijinks. $10,000 stricken from the pot because uh, Wendy asked Charlie uh, what did she have like? So you never had your heart broken, Charlie? <laughs> and, and now his heart has been broken by the loss of $10,000 from the pot. So Charlie answering cost them 10k wendy asking is also partly responsible so i don't have any more than four clues on here because i said i'd only do four but i thought this was suspicious this suspicious um at dinner this is when steven finds a note in his napkin why is he trying to sneakily pass this off to Catherine? because i don't think he wants everybody i don't think he wants to make a thing out of it but he needs to share it with somebody he trusts Catherine. Um, but this isn't, it's not an idle clue. This is like, I think like production would be like, hey, you got to read that out loud. This is like, uh, this is a big part of the show. Uh, Cause it's the mole's note. It's like the, it's the, the ransom, ransom note. Yeah. You ever received a ransom note before? God no. One time at summer camp, I received a ransom note uh, from a friend of mine's mom. Uh, who uh, in ransom font sent me and my other friend who we were both in high school together a note that in ransom font was like, why haven't you written my daughter a letter <laughs> summer camp? We did not write a letter after that. And our friendship degraded shortly thereafter. Um, Anderson Cooper makes toast. He says, all right, quiz day tomorrow. Um, and uh, Or it's quiz day tonight. And whoever knows the least about the mall, you're going to be sent home immediately. You're going to return home. And it's like he's looking in Manuel's eyes. The person who goes home, we will miss you. And we will think about you in our long adventure ahead. And Manuel, almost as if he's sensing, like, I don't know who the mole is. I'm in trouble. He sings, I did it my way. It's very <laughs> beautiful. And if we had, I don't know what the mole wand off is. Uh, it doesn't seem like we've got a, a great uh, name for that yet. Um, I just feel like someone would be winning a wombat's hat based on uh, based on I did it my way. Everybody lays out what their strategy is. Um, Catherine notes she's so Charlie thinks like he there's one person who he thinks is the mole and he's going to stick to one person. His answers pertaining to that one person. Um, the fact that he's still in and Manuel is out is interesting to me because I feel like that's not necessarily a great strategy. Talk me through a little bit of like quiz strategy as far as you would do it. Cause I thought what Catherine says is like, I'm going to play the odds and put like a third on one person, a third on another person, a third on another person was smart. And that feels like probably the right way to take the quiz to me. I think it, it, it depends. I think your strategy probably evolves over the course of the game, but early on, I would try and if I, if I wasn't sure or was torn between several people, I would try to pick the answers that were most like statistically correct. Um, if you have, you know, the way the group is split up, were they in this van or this van? If two of the people I suspect are in one van, pick that one. Um, 
were, and you can't check all the questions. I did look to see if we could find the mole quizzes because I thought it would be really fun if you took them along the way. Um, yeah. All I found was a lot of chemistry questions. Um, <laughs> not really what we were looking for, including like one from 20 years ago that was like themed to be the mole and tricked me because <laughs> it had a picture of the mole, but it Marvelous. was it was about chemistry. Um, Marvelous. So I think if, you know, was the mole in the group solving the problems or was the mole in the room talking to the other players? You want to pick the room with the other players just because there's more people there. Uh, But that's just one way to do it and not necessarily the most successful way if the mole happened to be in smaller groups at periods of time. Yeah, I feel like the binary questions are probably easier to play right like th- there could be a safer choice there yeah like where where are the most amount of people but then there are also questions like who did the mole sit next to at dinner right right where there's maybe two answers and a lot of wrong answers this would be a great assignment for uh an intrepid listener of the podcast if they are able to either track down the questions on a given week for a mole quiz uh, or do they show all of them in the episode? Not always, no. Didn't seem like it. I would love to be able to follow along with that, but what are you going to do? Um, so we're getting just like everybody's perspective on on what's going on. Some people are like laying out their suspicions. I think Manuel maybe plays the odds too much. <laughs> He's narrowed it down to four people. Uh, so. Half the group, excluding himself. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. tough. That's tough. That's hard. That's hard, Manuel. It's not great. That's tough. Not great. Um, Jim is suspicious of Stephen for like playing up his fears from the from the skydiving, and um, but Catherine thinks that would be a little too obvious. Uh, my only note about Charlie is those glasses. Like Charlie got dressed up for the quiz. Yeah. Well, it becomes a thing where it's like it's a ritual. And you, you know, you are fancy you look for your elegant, yeah. ceremony. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But on Which your- is nicer, like, especially if you were somebody that watched Survivor and came up watching Survivor. It's a big shock to see everybody being fancy on their reality show. Yeah. yeah. They're all wearing their Sunday best. Um then we get all these like little confessionals of everybody. Are you the mole? Are you the mole? I'm not the mole. I'm not the mole. Catherine says, I wish I was. I'd be here until the end. That's, yeah, I would wish that too. Charlie's like, I could be the mole. I'd be very good at it. I kind of get the sense he wouldn't be, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Charlie's the mole. Uh, that I feel pretty good about. He ruled himself out. I don't think Charlie's the mole. I'll eat those words I have uh, with a nice side of wasabi and cocktail. And shrimp cocktail. Um, Wendy with the great line. It's a, it's a production. I love this. If I was the mole, I wouldn't tell you. It's like, yeah, again, <laughs> emergent <laughs> strategy. <laughs> Good. Good. I, I just want the, the final episode to be like, one of the final people is like, I was the mole. And production's like, no, you're not. That person was the mole. Uh, that'd be amazing if like they get to the end and the mole is revealed and the mole has just like been like in such like a a self like uh like hardened exterior mode they're like all right the show's over you could say you're the mole like it's not me it's a trap <laughs> it's a trap i can't trust it i'm under deep cover send me back to russia uh so wendy says if i was the mole i don't think i'd tell you and henry says am i the mole <laughs> that's uh, brand new information henry and hadn't heard that 
Um, Andy Coops is going to implement the the executioner's chair. I don't know what we call it. Um, green thumb, red thumb. It's like the Brazilian meat market. You either say go or stop, and the red's going to turn the feast off. Shout out to Kirk Clark, whose birthday was over the weekend, and he went to such a restaurant to celebrate. Uh, so we're going to go through this alphabetically. So it's Afi, green thumb, kicking. Charlie, green thumb, you're good. Henry, green thumb, you're good. Jennifer, green thumb, you're good. Jim, green thumb, you're good. At this point, I'm like, oh my God, who's it going to be? I'm trying to work out alphabetically who still hasn't been revealed. Kate, green thumb, you're good. Catherine, green thumb, Manuel. No. And literally people on the show are crying. Yeah, here is something that I, this struck me as weird at the time. I remember this very clearly. This is like one of maybe four things I very clearly remembered about the mole season one was that they treat it like he died. He's been executed. Yeah, like there's a scene where they're on the train to Dragon Yon and Jim is talking to Manuel and they says that one of them is going to leave the show and they're not even going to get to say goodbye. And he's treating it like, oh, that's just going to be the fact of life and that's what's going to happen. But then they give... They give Manuel a tribute longer than the death montage at the Oscars for getting kicked off of this show. <laughs> All the things he did in the last 40 minutes. Yeah. Remember but it, 40 minutes ago. <laughs> when you didn't know this guy and now you now he's like your brother. He's like one of your oh, brothers, brothers. And, and now he's dead because he got executed by the mole. I do wish that uh, there was like some mechanism where instead of it going green to red, uh, everyone is like sitting down. This is my pitch for the mole when it comes back. We'll repopulize the mole Clearly. to the point that will bring the show back. And with Andy Coops with as Andy Coops as host. And um, this is what I want. I want everyone to be sitting down as Andy Coops goes through the quiz. And every time he goes through and the, the room darkens. And then the room comes up and it's the green. The room darkens, the room comes up, it's a green. The room darkens, it's a green. The room darkens, it's a green. That keeps coming back up. The room darkens, it's a red. And the person uh. who's been redded out, their chair. This is, <laughs> this is, this is stage design, Z. Yep. Their chair has plummeted into the depths of the stage with the person on it. Incredible. And now they're gone <laughs> with smoke coming out coming out <laughs> to represent where they once were. I think it should just be a little more dramatic for calling it an execution. But they didn't have the budget at the time, Josh. They I bet will. they would now. They will when Netflix scoops up the rights. Met- Fair point. Netflix yes. just throws all sorts of money at anything. This is definitely a Netflix project. Yeah. But Manuel's been executed. <laughs> a crazy thing to say uh, that I guess every week someone will be executed. And Manuel's been executed. And Catherine says, I'm relieved. I'm tired. And I'm sad for Manuel. And she starts crying. And everyone starts crying. And they're like, we should have just let him go out in Paris. <laughs> we should have sacrificed it for Manuel. Everyone loved Manuel. Uh, and everyone everyone is kind of, now we're pouring one out. Now we're, they tied one on and now we're pouring one out. For Manual. Yep. Um, Jess, a eulogy for Manual? 
Um, I, I feel like we went on a journey with him and I hope he eventually traveled the world. Um, I guess I, as far as first boots, he's definitely like a top half first boot. But I think so. Not the number one, but I loved him. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Good TV. Had a had a joie de vivre that I think. <laughs> but I, I think probably it is good as a tone setter for the show. The, Z, it's the death of innocence, right? Yeah. It's like it, if Manuel can go this early, no one. None of us are safe. So I feel like the stakes are set with the, with the departure of Manuel this early on. Um, that's the first episode, basically. Anderson Cooper, I'll have you know, it didn't seem like he grabbed Manuel's bag. No, but he walked him out. But he didn't. And walk opened him the out. door for him. He's like, I'm so sorry. Manuel, I'm, we had such a good time at dinner. Shrimp, cherries. We had such a nice walk from the hotel back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> It's over. Uh, so Manuel is not the mole. Indeed, Manuel is the first one out. And the episode ends uh, with him saying it was great. It was fun. But I'm looking forward to going home, putting on a brave face. And I appreciate that about our friend Manuel. Uh, and the final, final thing of the episode is that like uh, that uh, basically like, hey, we edited some stuff just so you know. I'm like. <laughs> Thanks, the mole. I appreciate the cards up. I trust you. Maybe that's to my chagrin, but I trust you now. And you know, they're more upfront about this than many other shows. I'm not going to name I'm, names, I'm but not a, used recent, to this. a recent edition of a popular reality show switched around the entire order of everybody because they cut out an entire challenge right before the finish line of a particular leg of the race. Um, I mean, it wasn't a race, but it's a show. It's cards up. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, it makes me feel like, okay, so these are the things that you fictionalize and everything else is true because I'm an innocent dummy who has been goofed like this before. And yet I will, I'll hang out with the Scorpion. You will get fooled again. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, The credits went really fast, huh? The credits, they just like scroll through them. It's like Poochie died and we don't want to talk about it. I think that's, the version that is on YouTube. God, I don't okay. know if that was how it originally aired. Yeah. Um, no next time, which I appreciate. I don't want to know. I'll find out next week what's happening next on the Unless you have out of context teases, which I'll take. I can't think of any for next episode. I will for episode three. But... Okay. Oh, Zedges laugh. Episode three is a good one. I'm just excited yes. to keep going. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. So that's the episode. I guess, should I tell you who I think is the mole? Yes. Um, I, it's not fair. I'll do like three mole picks for now. I think my most serious pick is Catherine. Um, I think that that line where she's like, oh, the mole could really sabotage it if they want. Like, that could be a card that they flip over at the end. You said that, like, they piece together the Kobayashi mug at the end of the season. That's part of the show. That could be one that I could see being put into place. Um, and also, like, if they're crocodile tears over Manuel, um, I think that there's something about Catherine. There's more to that story. Um, and then I would say Charlie and Jennifer being at the nexus of both the skydiving and baggage gate, luggage gate, uh, that I feel like uh, that's worth keeping an eye on. But um, I, uh, beyond that, I don't really know. I think that those are my three with the outside fourth of Wendy, because, of course, she literally has a mole. So she must be the mole. 
Noted. Sound logic. Yeah. Do we have any additional feedback we should get into before we wrap this thing up? Um, well, we have a game that I would like Ooh. the two of you to play. Oh, um, yes. Does it and we have, math? We have, no, there's no math involved. But I, I did want to, we got some great, there's two pieces of feedback before we get into the game that I wanted to bring up. Um, one of which is just funny and silly, and one of which is um, something that I'd like the listeners to work on for us. So, um great. The first thing I want to point out, um, uh, Catherine, not Catherine from the program, but a different Catherine, wrote to us and said uh, something that she thought people probably already mentioned, but no, they did not. And I think we need to bring it up. Uh, It's pretty likely that other people have mentioned this already, but hopefully at some point you will discuss Jim Morrison's run for New Jersey State Senate and the associated controversy related to him winning a gay bar's prettiest penis contest. Not sure if this is appropriate to mention on the podcast. Yes, it is. But as a born-again Jim Stan in the year 2020, I feel it is my duty to share this information. Josh's face is is frozen in, in shock right now. I, I, I love this look for you, Josh. That's amazing information. Yes, it was. I, and I clicked through to the article. Um, it, it discusses, uh, in the middle of his run, his opponent said, you know, he had nude photographs of him at this bar, and I think this should disqualify him from running for office. And, and Jim's response was, I think, A, you need to mention that I won the contest. <laughs> and B, no, it does not. Incredible. Yes. Yes, yes Jim. Yes. Classic. Yes. Um, and, phenomenal. Yes. So I... I if you're not already on board the Jim Stan train, this puts you there. That's incredible. For sure. Okay, and then <laughs> second, amazing. second, I want to I wanna call up um, Alex Gilmartin, who wrote to us and said, um, this is something I want the, I want the listeners to, to take up this mantle because I did some looking and I didn't have much luck. So hopefully someone out there is better luck than I did. Alex Gilmartin says, I thought I saw that you had linked to YouTube playlists for each season. Seasons one and three were actually released on DVD, but we've never got a real release of season two or four. Rumor has it the production company had a fire a while back and lost the season two footage. I have spent probably 15 years trying to find a decent quality version of season two, the next betrayal, to show my fiance, particularly as I have hyped it to her, and rightly so, as the single greatest ever season on television. Whoa. It is it is wonderful, and I hope we do watch season two in some form because it's great. So anyway, um, Alex says, those YouTube videos have been around for a long time, but they are borderline unwatchable and, and is correct. Do you think there is any way you could send out the pod signal and put out a call for anyone with an at least middling version of the episodes? Someone somewhere has to have some VHS tapes in a box or something. If this podcast ends up resolving a decade and a half long frustration for me, that would be pretty cool. And if it just offers some summer entertainment, that's cool, too. So, listeners, get on this. Um, if you can find a better quality version. You. Yes. Because I, you know, I went back and watched a bunch of season two just because I was excited to find it again. And they're not it's not a great version, but I know we want to cover this Um if we're not totally sick of the mole by the end of this season, this will be our next thing. And I would like it if we're not recapping grainy VHS tracking issue ones. We want, we want justice for Anderson's fun house. When we get to oh Anderson's fun house. I do need to know what that is. So I think we'll probably, yeah. have to keep going. but let's just see. Let's yeah. Just see. Let's just see. Let's just see. But Single. yeah, look, 
we found yeah, the if, single greatest if we found episode. dj dom if we found drinks on me for down yeah. the hatch we can we can get the we can get somebody some intrepid someone out there i mean tivos were a thing people had tivos at the time you hang um, on to a tivo now though what you tivo somebody might you, have can you watch it now it was a, it was a thing you could do sometimes you could rip content from your tivo to like either, a blank disc or a yeah VHS, to a blank disc yeah. or a jump drive or to your hard drive or whatever it it was not a thing that everyone could do but some people could and i have to imagine somebody somewhere did this please listen to our words <laughs> yes okay. yes here, okay here are call. bring us the tapes <laughs> show us the tapes please <laughs> the other tapes too we'll break that news if we can <laughs> okay so now it's game time and i'm kind of taking a page for the B&B. I think this is a very Leona Boris kind of game coming. Um, So my question to the two of you is, I want to know, do you want to have four questions for you every week? And I want to know, do you want to play cooperatively or do you want to play against each other? Ooh, well, if it's not spoilers, I would rather play, I would rather play co-op set. I agree. Uh, Us versus the the DM, Dungeon Master. Yes. Yes. Basically. Okay, great. So, we have four questions, and the way that this game is going to work every week is, for every question, I'm going to read you four descriptions of reality shows from the first decade of the new millennium. <laughs> I will give you the title of the show, the year it aired, and a brief description. All of the descriptions have been written by me. The twist is, three of the shows in each question are real shows. And one is not? And one is not. That's and amazing. your job is to find the one <laughs> that is not. Which show is the mole? Yes, which uh, show is the mole? This is great. This is yes. good. This is fun. okay Because we really are talking about the mole is coming from this era of reality TV that uh, that was peak reality TV. Yes. And there was so much reality TV out there at the time that it was really just about anything made it to air. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Zed, are you feeling confident? Were you a big reality TV person? I was not, and I was okay, also cool. around the age of ten when in the era that we're talking. So, <laughs> yeah. not a not so a, I, not I a feel vibrant like memory of what was on Let's television at that okay. time either. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah. this is interesting. I feel like the the fact that I am slightly older than both of you means my memories of this era is much more vivid. Yeah, I was focused on other stuff. Yeah, uh, but I'm uh, uh, at least a glancing awareness. So hopefully that will carry carry through the test. Yeah, me, I had nothing else going on in my life. So. Worst case scenario, Zed, we fail and we go back to California with manual. All right. Yep. Okay. We're so gonna push you out of the helicopter. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. All right. So category number one is delicious dish. These are four food related reality television programs. So. We have A, this is um, a 2009 show from the Food Network, and it is called What Would Brian Boitano Make? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the description is, from his living room in San Francisco, figure skating champion and self-taught cook Brian Boitano shows you how to prepare simple dishes for entertaining. Mm-hmm. Now, Jess, how clever are you being here? Like, no. should, I, should I be watching for a date? Could you be messing with the date and all of the other details? No. Are correct? Okay. No, all all of the details as they're presented are correct. All right. Do you want us to be playing live as it happens? You can can comment on whether you think it sounds real or fake, but I'm going to give you 
for each of these categories, I'm going to give you four examples. And then they're all, I think sometimes they all sound real and sometimes they all sound fake. That one. But there's always. Go ahead. That that one sounds fake. That one sounds like something that would be on in the year 2020 in the Zoom era of we are making television from our homes. It sounds like something from Quibi. That show was absolutely a real show. That is that show was absolutely a real show that I've seen episodes. Of. Oh, okay. Well, that this is legit, what I'm hoping for. Which is, okay, and it was all right. I had an okay time. Okay, all right. Number two, very positive guy. Yep. Okay. Answer B. This is called Hurl with an exclamation point, <laughs> and it aired in 2008 on G4. Contestants are compelled to eat as much of a particular food as they can, <sighs> and then subjected to a strenuous activity such as swimming or amusement park rides. Keep it down. Keep the cash. Keep it down. Keep the cash. I think that's real. I I have vague memories of this sort of thing, and it sounds deeply American in how stupid and wasteful it is. Yeah, it's wasteful. It's harmful physically (laughs) and psychologically. Very American. No good for anyone. (laughs) But I'm not as confident in this one. I know what would Brian uh, Boitano do uh, is a real thing. Okay, so C. We have Wiener Take All. This aired in 2007 on the Food Network. 16 veterans of the food service industry compete in hot dog related challenges to prove they have what it takes to drive the Oscar Mayer Wiener. Oh my God. Okay. Wiener Takes All. This is the. When was this? 2007. Okay, 2007. I think when, when did all of the Anthony Wiener stuff happen? That was later. When, what, yeah. That was much later. Uh, wh- okay. wh- who who are the contestants? Hot dog professionals? What did you call them? Veterans of the food service oh, okay, industry. Okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it. I don't right. know how long you could sustain a competition show just about hot dogs. That's a canvas that dries up. Quick. I don't know. There's so many of these shows last. And you one know season. how I feel about hot dogs, but I I wonder is there a market for this? Because if there is. I'm quitting the podcast <laughs> and I'm getting into the hot yeah, dog podcast. Professional game. wiener mobile driver. Yes, yes, yes. Getting into the hot dog game. Wiener's wombats. Yeah. All, right, so. All right. So, and D, we have the Glutton Bowl, the world's greatest eating competition, which aired on 2002 on the Fox Network. The International Federation of Competitive Eating brings together superstars of the competitive eating world to devour mass quantities of things like mayonnaise, butter, and whole beef tongue. Whoa. For a chance to be crowned the greatest stomach in America. That feels real as well, Zed. I feel like that was a thing, the glutton bowl. I think I'm out on the wiener show. I'm I think hot dog show sounds like it's not a real show. <laughs> I'm torn between the last two because I recall some sort of commercial for could you drive the wiener mobile but i can't remember if that was just like an mm. ad campaign or if that was an actual television program which one is the mole who is the mole okay so i'm 100 percent confident in brian boitano that's a real yeah story. and i'm confident in the second one okay so it's between the third and the fourth yes. do you have do you have a, an inclination one way or the other you want to tip the scale because i think i would go I don't think hot dog show is real. Go hot dogs over legs. Yeah, I think I always <laughs> vote hot dogs. All right. All right. Is that final answer? Final answer is hot dogs. Final okay. answer is hot dogs. You are correct. Yeah! Yeah! 
<laughs> off to a good start. Oh, so off to a good start, yes. And I have to imagine that that was part of the logic behind the question, Jeff. Will yes. we be able to game out that we are supposed to vote hot dog? <laughs> the answer it, is it, always it is hot always, dog. I'm always <laughs> playing always it. Dogs. I'm always playing the long game here. The North Star is okay. the shape of a dog in a bun. Yes. Amazing. So our second, our second category here is dating shows that have not aged well. All okay. of that? We're talking All about right. Tool Academy already. Yeah, Tool Academy is not one of these doubt, options. Doubt, doubt, doubt. Yep. All right. So option A, gay, straight, or taken. This aired on 2007 on the Lifetime Network. A woman goes on a date with three men. Before the date, she's advised that one of the men is gay and has a boyfriend. Okay. One of them is straight and has a girlfriend. And one of them is single. If she can correctly identify the single man, she wins a vacation with him. And if she's wrong, the man she identified as eligible gets to go on the vacation with his partner. I say 2007 feels late for that. Then again, I take a look around 2020 yeah. and I don't know. I don't know. That, that certainly feels possible. Yes, possible for sure. Problematic and possible. Problematic and yes. possible. <laughs> like so much reality television. Uh, all, right. all right. What else do we have? So, option B. This is called Love Spa and it aired in 2004. It was syndicated. Hot singles meet, mingle, and decide whether they want to take it to the next level. The twist. The first dates take place in a hot tub where everyone's sitting down. Once the daters discover their perfect match is extremely tall, extremely short, missing a leg or covered in tattoos, will things still get steamy or will they fizzle out? Wait, what's the name of this show? Love Spa. Top Spa? Love Spa. Love Spa. Love Spa sounds real. Awful. But do we vote legs? Is that, you know... I don't know. Well, you don't know until you get right. out of the love spa if there are legs or not, apparently. Okay, okay. But I'm trying right. to get into the mind of Jess Lee's right now. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, option C. Boy Meets Boy. Okay. 2003 on the Bravo Network. A gay man searches for love among 15 suitors. The twist. Seven of these suitors are actually straight and stand to win a cash prize if he chooses them in the end. I hate it. So either way, we live in nightmare world. <laughs> yeah, it's just all, it's as all if we bad. Need further proof as if we needed any further proof Ooh. that it's all bad. Darkest timeline. And option D. I haven't even given you option D yet. This is brutal. All right. More to love. 2009 on the Fox network. Plus size model Emmy hosts this dating show that features an eligible plus size man who meets and dates 20 plus size women. At the top of the first episode, he gives them each a promise ring, symbolizing <laughs> his noble pledge not to judge them by their Whoa. size. Okay. It's called what again? More to love. Ed, can we just like, can we all just agree to live on a different planet? Please. Please and thank can you. Can move? One of, only one of them isn't real? Only one of them is fake. The first one is real. The, the single, the single taken straight gay or taken or whatever it yeah. is that's that's yeah. real boy meets boy sounds real yeah that sounds like an awful thing we did 20 years yeah. ago <laughs> <laughs> that's like an awful thing we did uh, so what do we have we more have to love, love sounds like a reality or, show but love spa sounds real too or more to love more to love right that's the other one it's more to love oh, or God. love spa 
The legs are so specific. Keep your bottom half in the water. <laughs> I, I don't judge a book by the by its, co- by I mean, its bust. Yeah, yeah, by the top half of the cover. Let's stick with the legs and hot dogs and go love, love spas, spas fake. Uh, yeah, love spas the mole. Final answer. All right. Well, you, All right, well, you guys are two for two. Amazing. On Love Spa is fake. I, I basically I stole this premise from an episode of Saved by the Bell. Oh my god. There was no spa involved, but also I want to give a shout out to Alice Oselson, who um, I said, Love Spa is not a great title for this. I wish I could come up with a better one, and Alice's suggestion was Love a Tub Tub. Oh! Oh my god. Which I felt, I felt like that really gave it that away, is- but I liked the, I liked the impulse. Is uh, Paul and Alice beta tested these questions for good, me. Good, good, good. Alright, so Number three, our category is celebrities helping civilians. <laughs> so, question A, breaking up with Shannon Doherty. 2006 on the Oxygen Channel. Yes. Yeah. Host Shannon Doherty meets with people who are in unhappy relationships they can't seem to end. Yeah. After observing them on hidden cameras and putting the relationship through a variety of tests, she determines if the relationship should end and then initiates the breakup for them. Yeah. 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 That's, breaking that's Brenda. Real. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> Freaking Brenda is a better title. Definitely. So, number two, we have Dr. Steve-O, which aired in <laughs> oh, 2007 no! on the uh... USA Network. Oh, you haven't even heard what it's about. Steve-O, best known for his stunt work on Jackass, rides in a tricked-out ambulance to visit men who need help overcoming their fears. With the help of Nurse Trichelle Canatella, Dr. Stevo guides the men through physical challenges tangentially related to their phobias. What year was this? 2007. Were we that awful in 2007? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Dr. Stevo. I don't even have words. Anyone, anyone who goes to Dr. Stevo has no respect for their own body. You had to say the phrase. He's <laughs> not a real doctor. Out ambulance. Yeah. Mm hmm. And and you get Trichelle in the mix, too. Yeah, this is bad. For peak, you know, mid-aughts reality. Yes, this is bad. All right, well, option C. It's called I Pity the Fool. And it aired in 2006 on TV Land. The premise is Mr. T travels from town to town, presumably also in a van, One giving advice and pep talks, solving problems, settling disputes, and teaching valuable life lessons. Okay, it's called what again? I pity the fool. I pity the fool. <laughs> I think that's that real. Sounds so that real. sounds familiar. That, that sounds very real. That sounds very real. And finally, option D, Snoop Dad. <laughs> 2004 on MTV. Parents of troubled teens invite an unlikely counselor into their homes to help everyone solve their problems and chill out. Rap superstar and parent extraordinaire Snoop Dogg. Incredible. Okay. So once again, so I think once again, we're down to two would be my bet. I think we both know Breaking Brenda's real, yes. even if it has a different name than it yes. should. Um, I think I Pity the Fool feels right. I, I think so. But that could also be very clever on Jess's part. Yes. But um, I, think- I don't want to live in a world where anyone went to Dr. Steve-O. <laughs> I enjoy I the not, idea I may not have Snoop a choice. Dad. I think that's... I do too. The least objectionable show I've heard about so far. Here, here's the thing. So two things on that. One, I agree. 
And also, Snoop Dogg has the great show with Martha Stewart. I don't know if that's still going on, uh, but the Snoop and Martha show uh, is very funny. Um, so we know that Snoop is not above such shenanigans. But we've been playing the legs and dog game. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Snoop Dogg. Is it too good to be true? Is this a mirage in the desert? Is the good option, is the good son actually the bad son? What what year is, was that second travesty from? Which travesty? Snoop the the tricked out ambulance? Oh, yes. Oh, 2007. And Snoop Dogg was 2004. Yes. I don't think he's doing this yet in 2004. Yeah, I think he's not desperate enough to be... <laughs> in that place. I think he's gearing up for it. But I think 2004 is too early. So we're going, we're I going think hot this dogs. Is too, on... Unfortunately, yeah. I think that this is too good Incredible. to be true. I think it is. And it breaks my heart because I want to believe it's true. And I'll be happy if we get this wrong. Yeah. But I, I think we got to vote uh, Snoop Dad is, is uh, Snoop not Dad. the father. He's <laughs> not the father. <laughs> yeah. Final answer. Well, you are using the most effed up logic to get to these conclusions. And I have to tell you, legs and hot dogs did not even cross my mind when I was writing these. But you are correct. <laughs> it is the nature of legs and hot dogs. It is an indisputable truth, apparently. Feel the, gotta feel the I, force. Furthermore, I want to correct you that Snoop Dogg was definitely not above this in 2004. <laughs> because in 2002 and 2003... He starred in MTV's Doggy Fizzle Television. Okay. <laughs> wow. Did do, did do a show about his parenting skills in 2007 called Snoop Dogg's Fatherhood. Okay, that sounds familiar. That does sound familiar. Well, missed opportunity with Snoop Dad, because yeah. I think that's brilliant. Snoop Dad was right there. It was right there. I, I definitely would have taken my troubled teen to see Snoop Dad. Okay, let's let's speed round the final one because I right. have to hop over. You're late room. to your own room, but I, yeah, but I'm feeling the momentum right now. So let's. I do really this. feel like the I, you're not wasting any time. This here. podcast this is, is not the priority for sure. Yes. don't tell Rob he didn't make it this far anyway. <laughs> so everybody, be cool. We're st- we're definitely getting more listeners too. Lock it down, everybody. Be chill. All right. All right. Okay, everybody finally. be chill. Not a reality show. So your final question: Weight loss shows that have not aged well. All of correct. Them. All of them. But these are pretty egregious. Okay. All right. Option A is called Making Weight. It aired in 2006 on ESPN. Boxing champion Oscar De La Hoya trains a group of couch potatoes as they seek to lose the extra pounds and step into the boxing ring. All right. Now let's keep in mind Oscar Meyer Wiener is a hot dog thing. So love your, love your logic. Ju- just if we're, if we're doing like the let the, let the Got it, got it, got it. All right, option B. Dance Your Ass Off aired on 2009 on Oxygen. Uh, Marissa Jarrett-Winoker hopes this competition in which overweight contestants are paired with professional dance instructors. The competition evaluates both their dancing skills and the amount of weight they lose. Is there any, like, uh, what is, like, the signage for the logo? Is it straight up ASS or are they like uh, being playful with it? It, I think it would depend on the market. I think sometimes you would spell it out and sometimes you would have punctuation. Okay. Okay. That's a guess. Don't really remember this one. Is it or is it a lot? Option C. 
2007, ABC, Fat March. Twelve overweight contestants start walking at the starting line of the Boston Marathon and finish 550 miles later in Washington, D.C. I hate Losing it. anywhere from 50 to 80 pounds along that the way. Are they allowed to stop? Can they break? I believe they took breaks. I don't know for sure. Again, I didn't watch this. I hate we it. We both look so anxious this. right now. Oh. It's so upsetting. I love walking. I don't want to walk, shame, because I don't like to run. So my cardio is walking, and I like to pride myself on being able to walk a, a far distance when there isn't a global pandemic. I have done a lot of okay. marching in the last yes, you four have. weeks. So I'm very pro-marching, but this sounds but A show awful. of a full march from Boston to D.C. On ABC? Thinking, no, I don't know. The legs or right. legs. I think so. Oh, option yeah. D is also got some legs in it. So legs are legs. Yep. In 2007, also on CMT, there was a show called I Want to Look Like a High School Cheerleader Again. With help from trainers from again. the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, 10 former high school cheerleaders work to regain their previous physiques and compete for a $50,000 prize. That sounds like the kind of nonsense this country would do. Yeah, that sounds yeah. real. I feel like Fat March is too intense. That name, and the name is brutal. The name is brutal. The name is awful. A pox on ABC for, for that name. So we're going legs. What do you? What are you? What are your thoughts so far? I I'm in agreement. Uh, what we had the oh dance your ass off was the second one. My issue with that is I don't know that the title is flying. Well, oxygen is like premium cable, right? It's like you gotta you're paying a little more. It's a little less. You have to play by regular network rules. I feel like yeah. Whether you're putting asterisks or dollar signs in its place or not. Yeah. I don't know how something called Fat March airs on ABC, the American Broadcasting Network company. What year me. was that, Jess? 2007. Not in 2007. <laughs> We're better than that. <laughs> We're better than that. I have to believe. Oof. I th- <sighs> what was the first one? I don't even remember. Wait, Making oh, Wait, yeah, 2006, that's, that's ESPN. Real. Let's go fast. Please, March. please, dear God. Final answer? Final answer. Nope, that was, nope, real. That was real. I hate everything. Three of the 12 contestants on this show were severely injured of along the way. Of course they were. were they so were. indignant. You monsters. Yeah, it, it, to me, like, I remember when this came out because it reminded me of a Stephen King novella called The Long Walk. Oh. <sighs> It's like they made a show out of the long walk. That's not okay. Oh, which was the fake? The fake was making weight. Really? The Oscar De La Hoya one. Yeah, it was a hot dog. We should have done it. We went legs. Should have done we it. Went oh, legs. We went legs. We went we legs. You should have gone hot dogs. For the soul of the nation, we, we went legs. We lost that battle. Yeah, that's not surprising. Unfortunately, all right. Well. But three correct out of four is pretty good. All guys. right. Okay. So we got seventy-five k. We jumped off the plane. We added yes, it. To, we added it to the pot. So we've got seventy-five k in the pot so far, and I guess next week we will see how much more we add. 
Uh, yeah, this is uh, the, the amount of um, Andy's mints that Jess will be buying for Zed and I. For our non-crunchy mouth sounds. Yeah, this was agreed to off air. We had a lot of mints. In the, the the contract that I had, you. This signed. is the amount of money I'm going to donate <laughs> to the <laughs> to stage free melanoma yeah. fund. How much does seventy five mints of Andes cost? I have no idea, yeah, well, but I'll find out, and I will donate the equivalent amount to stage free melanoma. Okay, so don't forget that's absolutely worth remembering. Stage free melanoma. Uh, that's that's a worthy cause. We have come a long way in the last two hours. <laughs> And, don't, and just donate to all the all the worthy causes out there. Uh, fight those battles; they're good fights to be fought here. Um, don't let the fat marches of the world win. Cool. You know, uh, I mean, at least that show is not still on. Yeah, at least. But the spirit driving that kind of shit is. So, let's fight that stuff yeah. where we can. More like the mole. More classy. More shrimp ring and maraschino cherries, please. Um, all right. Really have to run because the wiggle room is about to start recording. <laughs> Without here. you. This podcast coming, coming out after, coming out after the wiggle room has been recorded. Uh, we've got our first episode recapping an episode of the mole officially in the books here on Mole Patrol. How do we, how do we do? We're happy. Yeah. We spent two hours talking about a 45 we minute did show. Great. We did great. That's on right. brand for, for the network. That's on brand. That's that's what we do here. Uh, so hopefully uh, much more like this to come with shenanigans and mole patrolling to come in the future. You can follow us all on the Twitter machines. Zed is at Hard Rock Hope. Jess is at Haymaker Hattie. I am at Round Howard. You can email us mole patrol at Rob has We will work on getting a podcast specific feed set up and ready. Uh, and once that's up, uh, Rob has a website.com slash mole patrol will get you to our Apple store. Uh, so just keep, uh, keep a lookout for that. Just be subscribed to reality TV wrap ups in the meantime and forever because there's other great shows on reality. And TV the YouTube links are in the show notes. If you want to watch the show, the if you got to the are... end of this two hours and have not watched the show, the YouTube They're links in the are show in notes. the show notes. They're in the show notes. Do not forget the YouTube links are in the show notes. Jess, Zed, anything else? I think we've covered absolutely everything some. that could be covered. And then some. All right. So pack your 500 francs and go is, I think, what I'm supposed to say here. Now, we'll be back next week with another episode of Mole Patrol. Take care, everybody. Bye. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.